Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Hey, welcome back. Behind the badge of Monroe County Sheriff's Office here in Rochester, New York, a, a county of about 750,000 people. We have about 1,100 great employees here in the Monroe County Sheriff's Office that uh, serves this community really well. And uh, one of the things we, we pride ourselves, I think, in the Sheriff's Office is to uh, constantly push the envelope with technology and, and training and, and uh, innovation. And uh, we are, most people in the world are familiar with drones, uh, but uh, we're here to talk about how drone and drone program has grown in the Monroe County Sheriff's Office to a point that I think is uh, trend-setting, you know, and, and other people can look at us and see how it's done. Uh, a lot of lessons learned as we, as we build that thing, uh, that program out. But uh, also, who are the people that are running the drone program for us and, and what their dreams are, uh, what this technology could do for us in the future. So, uh, Wendy, how are you? I'm good. Good. My, my co-host today. <laughs> We will. <laughs> we will. So uh, the deputy and I have known each other for a few years, and uh, you know, just a little bit about your resume. But I think one of the coolest things I'm just going to brag about you is uh, were you the first and the only female SWAT officer in all of Monroe County, probably Western New York? I, I have been told that was the case. Yeah. Yes. Well, I tell that story all the time because I'm very proud of you. Uh, that, that's quite an accomplishment. So, just a bit more about who you are in, in uh, at home, or you know, where you grew up, and and a bit what you're doing with the sheriff's office now. Okay. I began with the Sheriff's Office in 2004, working out in C-Zone, 3rd uh, Platoon, and then later on 1st Platoon. In 2007, I became certified as a field technician. Uh, 2010, took an opportunity to do the technician work full-time, uh, working down here now at headquarters with CIS. Um, I did spend 10 years on the SWAT team, as you, as you mentioned. That was a very rewarding aspect of my career. Towards the end of my SWAT career, that kind of uh, evolved into my involvement with the drones in that now we have the opportunity to provide that observation and intelligence from a different perspective than right. I did when I was uh, performing my duties with the SWAT team. Um, I'm also a polygraph examiner with the department since 2017 and currently leading the drone response team. And our uh, co-producer over there, Amy, behind the, behind the uh, mixer over goes, and we didn't mention her last name. <laughs> Wendy, what's your last name, deputy? <laughs> My last name is Crone. All right, just uh, wanted to get that check off there. Thank you. You're, you're fantastic, the lady behind the mixer. Uh, I thought it was a paper airplane getting thrown at me over here. I'm like, what is she throwing at me? <laughs> well, uh, uh, deputy, I, I think it's pretty fascinating that, uh, you know, using this technology, and, and uh, obviously it takes a team to put this together. Uh, so why don't you uh, take a couple seconds to step, uh, introduce the other two deputies that are with us, and then we'll get deeper into the program. Yeah, so I've got with me Chris Shalacy and Matt Whiting, um, and I will actually defer. I'll let both of them introduce themselves. <laughs> All right, who's up, Chris? Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Shalacy. Uh, I've been a deputy with the Sheriff's Office since 1999. Uh, I did the academy over at the old Sibley building. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, I did four years part-time road patrol, went over to the jail in 2003, and then uh, back out to road patrol full-time in 2007. So um, I did most of my time A-Zone nights, um, probably 12 years out there. Mm -hmm. And then I got uh, a, a full-time tech spot downtown, and I got days shortly thereafter. Uh, some of the collateral work I do, I do, uh, I'm a bomb squad technician. 
Um, I do installations. Um, I do a lot of uh, accident stuff, reconstruction, mm -hmm. and the drone stuff. You're a technical guy, aren't you? I like it. I yeah, like yeah, police like science. The, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, look, we'll talk about that later, but to keep on pushing that envelope, I, I cannot uh, you know, push that on you guys because you have the mindset. Always pushing that envelope to see what the modern technology is out there. Accident reconstruction is something we don't think a lot about, uh, but uh, you know, putting a horrific car accident together that someone lost their life and maybe even coming up with a prosec prosecutable case. Yes, that takes unique skill sets to put that together and uh, uh, a lot of math. Yes, sir. A lot of math involved there. That's awesome. And Matt, you're up. Uh, my name is Matthew Whiting. Uh, I started as an intern here in 2005. Uh, I was then hired as an institutional helper up in staff services. I got the opportunity to go down to Richmond, Virginia. I was a police officer down there for four years. Uh, took the test and moved back here and started with the sheriff's office in 2010. Uh, I've worked in uh, the traffic unit. Uh, I've worked on A Zone Days. Um, I do. I try to do as much instructing as I can. Um, for the past four years, I've been uh, in the motor unit. So uh, two years ago, I was able to go and get my instructor certification. So I try to do as much as I can for uh, instructing on a bunch of different topics. Um, Just uh, for people to listen to motor unit. Uh, motor unit, motorcycle. Uh, yeah. So a motorcycle patrol. Mm -hmm. um, the sheriff's office is great that we have uh, Harley Davidsons that we use for patrol. So we use them actually on routine calls for service patrol as well as uh, some targeted enforcement too. That's great. It's uh, I didn't realize you were from uh, or went down to Richmond and worked a few years. I did. Yeah. The uh, difference between those two experiences, Monroe County and Richmond PD. It was uh, it's it's a big difference yeah. uh going from being a, a yankee up here uh <laughs> transplanted down there they never let me live that down um, right but uh outside of this place uh i'm married uh two kids and there's a dog at home um off time is uh just doing all the stuff around the house that needs to get done well, I appreciate you introducing your family in the correct order because we had a deputy last week, I think, who introduced his two dogs before his wife. <laughs> it's always a good move. <laughs> I offered my basement for a couple of weeks if you needed to move in. So, <laughs> Well done. Your bride will appreciate that. So, Wendy, how long have you been doing the uh, drone program? I know you started with SWAT, dabbling in it, and as the technology evolved. How long ago was that? Uh, 2017 is when the sheriff's office acquired our first drones. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so – Give give the give the the people listening what and even the other deputies that might not think about the drones and what they could do for them. What what are some of your common calls? What it be, what are you using the drone for most recently? And and uh, and uh, you know obviously crowd control is one of them that we use quite extensively. In. Um, well, I'll actually defer that question over to Chris um, to talk about some of the the deployments and the operations yeah. that we found ourselves running recently. So uh, for missions, uh, they may be self-initiated by us listening to the radio um, mm -hmm. or uh, another uh, peer, you know, another deputy out on the road that might need or think they need uh, some of our support um, or supervisor-initiated. And some of the stuff we do is uh, we assist with missing persons that take off on foot um, from a location or um, uh, suspects outstanding apprehension, that kind of stuff, support for that. Um, other stuff that we use it for is a uh, technical service side, photographs, evidence collection, right. that kind of thing. Um, and again, reconstruction. It's basically whatever, I mean, if, if you think you might need it, just call us and we'll, we'll come out and see what we can do. Right. Um, you know, other stuff, uh, 
I try to keep up on the uh, the case uh, law that's come out. I haven't seen any, so I don't want to be the first guy <laughs> create to create a case law. I'd, I'd prefer to know about it prior right. to putting up. So uh, reconnaissance within uh, an appropriate situation, maybe. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and let's dabble a bit in that conversation. So, you know, it's a great tool. All those things you're using it for, and we're really going to push the envelope in the next few years of what we're going to be doing with these drones. I have, I have vision. Um, but we also have constitutional rights. We've got rights to privacy that yes, we're, we're very concerned about. We, we train in. Uh, you mentioned them proactively without us even bringing it up, that uh, obviously those are things we take into consideration that, uh, you know, we don't want Big Brother flying over the top of your, you know, your picnic and you know, right. seeing what kind of pork chops you have on the grill. It's, you know, that's not our job description. Right. Right. Uh, so so with that, you know, maybe, uh, Matt, you can answer this question. I mean, so, you know, what have been some of the best calls you've been on? What have, what have been some of the most, uh, you know, productive or, or f- you know, fun things that we've done with this this technology? that uh, we may not have been able to do, you know, six, seven, ten years ago. So the technology is uh, definitely advanced from where we started um, with three off-the-shelf units, and now mm-hmm. some of the units that we're using and the equipment that we have, uh, we're able to do a whole lot more. Uh, you know, one of the calls that uh, we had was for uh, an individual that uh, had barricaded themselves inside and utilizing the equipment that we had and trying to think outside the box of, you know, what do we have and what do we want to accomplish? You know, you know, how can we best utilize it? So we were able to take um, initially from just a singular drone being used. Ultimately, uh, at times we were flying three units at a time, um, so we had to also have somebody step in as almost a air traffic controller right. to keep everything organized and uh, make sure that we were being as safe as possible for. The craft for personnel on the ground for the public that was out there um, because ultimately these are aircraft um, and we're bound by uh, regulations that um, you wouldn't normally think of that the FAA uh, has regulations that we have to follow mm-hmm. um, that was one one incident um, and we were able to push even the boundaries of moving the unit from an exterior function to almost to an interior function. Yeah. Um, and we can do that. We have the ability. Um, it's just um, circumstances led us to staying out outside at that point. But, you know, we're always trying to push the envelope and make it a little bit. Yeah, you, you sit back at a command post and you get the, the one drone just gives you a whole different situational awareness. And then you guys had multiple drones flying with multiple different angles, even holding area, if you will, inside a house where a guy is barricaded. You know, we we may have cleared it. We want to keep an eye on it so the bad guy doesn't play a cat and mouse game with us and move into that area. Uh, so being able to hold areas, you know, from outside, it's uh, it, it's great technology, but a thousand percent, you know, better than putting a deputy's feet, you know, in that territory where we haven't secured and haven't cleared it. Um you know, and watching that one, you guys, it was a barricaded uh, situation that went on for over a day. And uh, the, the bad guy had been throwing bow and arrows at, at the deputies hiding behind trees overnight. They didn't even realize until the sun came up. Uh, you know, he was throwing Molotov cocktails, almost burned himself out of the house, uh, burned his mom's car. Uh, you know, it's just dangerous. It, it's it's very dangerous, very volatile, and, and to use this technology. And I really thought I was watching you guys fly, and I really thought they're going through that window. They're going to go through the window because, you know, being a SWAT cop for, for 19 years, you know, especially a commander of a SWAT team, you never ever want to put your deputies or your officers in you know in that building unless you, you got multiple ways to clear it and secure it and hold it. Uh, and technology is is one of your best friends in those situations. 
the drones are phenomenal. You guys were just given a situational awareness I never saw, and I've, I've been doing police work for 35 years. It, it was a great scenario. And the only issue with uh, that incident was uh, we were limited to the equipment that we had right. and uh, the functions that we could do. Um, we didn't think about moving into the building at that point, so we would add additional equipment to the drone to give us the ability to guard our props from actually running into a wall or a door. Right. So we have uh, have increased our capabilities and at least increased our skills um, with the training days that we're getting with the additional jobs that we're going on to. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as time goes on, we just keep honing our skills and making things uh, that much better for moving along in the future. And Wendy, going back to uh, being one of the, the people that spearheaded this program, uh, if you talk to Chief Deputy Fowler, who's like the chief of police, right, uh, for people that don't know a sheriff's organization, um, I can't tell you. To the point it became a joke, uh, any scene I was on, I constantly asked, where's the drones? Where's the drones? To the point it became a joke between the two of us. Uh, it could be the simplest call, and I'm like a drone in the area. Like, what are we waiting for? Where's the drones? So so with that, you know, obviously I have a drive for the drones. You guys do. You're on the team. Where do, you, where do you see this technology going in, in the next four or five years? Uh, not just here at the sheriff's office, but in general. Uh, it's evolving so fast in law enforcement. Uh, you know, What's your dream of capabilities that we might be able to do someday? Well, I think what we just touched on with um, the, the intelligence, the live stream capabilities, that's been a tremendous game changer for us. It's provided mm-hmm. situational awareness and um, intelligent you know, decision-making to command that they've never been able to experience before. Um, additionally, that, that live stream capability is something that we're going to be able to extend to all aspects of public safety, uh, whether we're working a joint operation with fire, hazmat, special ops, um, to be able to, to get everyone in a real-time intelligence situation. Um, you also touched on the interior operations, getting more capable interior craft um, that are designed specifically for those interior applications is definitely on our wish list, if you will, mm-hmm. um, as well as craft that's more weather capable. Um, we're, we're limited right now, so a redundancy of craft operation and ability to operate in more inclement weather would definitely uh, expand our, our potential. And last, uh, last week we were talking to a bunch of uh, firefighters in this room, so I was outnumbered. I, w- I missed you guys, by the way. There were three <laughs> firefighters and me. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned one. You just mentioned a very important part of how we share the technology with other organizations that might not be able to afford a drone, like a, fire, a small volunteer fire company uh, would never be able to afor- afford this technology and, and allow a situational awareness for a fire company uh, is another idea of, of how we're supporting everybody in, in the whole community safety idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, accident reconstructions, uh, crime scene management, crime scene, crime scene re- reconstructions, you know, bringing that, that video into a prosecutable case, you know, in, in front of a jury and being able to show that whole situational awareness, let alone the small, minute pieces of evidence that the evidence, evidence technicians have recovered, right, and documented. But just that situational awareness of what, what, what that block looked like at that time when this was occurring, whatever that crime was, uh, is just another way to, to use this technology. Um, it's unlimited. You know, my, my dream is that uh, we'd have a, 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 a drone ready to go at 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if not multiple ones throughout the county. You know, I think of vehicle pursuits that we don't pursue some because we don't want to, you know, the risk versus rewards just not there. It's a minor traffic violation, uh, and we could possibly kill a family of four, you know, in this pursuit. So we have, we have protocols, but wouldn't it just be great to throw a drone in the air and say, you know, we'll just follow this vehicle for, for an hour. And, and uh, you know, if we had full-time operators, we could do a lot more of this stuff. Every foot chase, you know, it's so dangerous for one of your, your partners 
wondering if to be chasing people through backyards, rounding those corners, and wondering if there's a guy with a gun or a shovel. Who knows? Waiting for him. It'd be great to put the drone up in the air, right? And, and let's track him with some infrared. And currently, we do have uh, we do have drones that are kind of, that are assigned to individuals uh, that uh, take them home, uh, whether they be in their county assigned vehicle or personal vehicle. But we do have units that um, are. Uh, assigned to individuals and we can generally get deployed out um, but again some of our limitations uh, come back to the rules and regulations that we have to follow with the FAA um, knowing that uh, we have to have at least two operators um, one to be observant and then another one to actually uh, pilot the craft mm -hmm. so we're 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 working in that direction. Um, it's just uh, equipment and operators, and you know, this unit is still very much in its early early stages, sure. and we've come leaps and bounds from 2017, 2018. Um, if you look back of what we were doing, what we were capable of, and what we can even think of doing right now, it's just it's just mind boggling. It's fascinating to watch. It really has been. Yeah, if we look back to, uh, to 2017, 2018, and go back to you know when the unit first developed, um, to to see where we've where we are now compared to where we started is um, is is pretty amazing. You know, we started with uh, like like Matt said, the three off the shelf craft that were more consumer level drones, if you will, uh, and only three deputies working flying the drones. Um, come to currently, we have seven team members, and we're getting deployed. Um, far more often than, you know, in our, our first few years. About how many times do you think uh, in 2020, which is a weird year to measure anything, but... Uh... It, it was. Um, so it was, I don't remember the exact numbers from 2018, but it was about 150% increase wow. in flights. Uh, in 2020, we had 1,429 flights, and we actually flew 144 out of 365 calendar days that year. It was, it was pretty incredible. incredible. Yeah. It's quite the pace. And then working with our uh, brother and sister law enforcement agencies around us, you guys have done a fantastic job just, uh, you know, deconflicting with them, but more synergizing with them. It's been it's been fun to watch. So, you know, uh, I know Livingston County's been up. Uh, State Police have been up with us. The RPD has been up with us, Rochester Police Department. Yeah, uh, DEC, we've also oh, really? partnered with them. Yeah, yep. it's, uh, it's been a, a wonderful working relationship to be able to – to learn from them and we're also able to share resources mm -hmm. in that a lot of our craft are similar so we can share batteries you know and other pieces of equipment uh, we can also share pilots and visual observers so we're able to share personnel and be a little more responsible in our personnel deployment that's great yeah you only got so many uh, resources you know it's the batteries and the people you know <laughs> kind of comes down to that and i know we're uh, and we won't give away a lot of state secrets but you know we're, we're trying to look for uh, you know your own little you know home if you will for for you guys to use the staging area and and uh, like i said I, I i dream of these things solving a lot of the problems that our deputies are forced to respond to or at least being that that support mechanism that force multiplier on scene so i, I dream of you guys getting even more prolific out there inside the sheriff's office um you know i hate letting bad guys go but sometimes we have to let them go just for officer safety you know and, and you know if we can have a drone up in six seven minutes with a good inner perimeter it just could solve a lot of problems for us uh using the technology even the smaller jobs, um, alarms at larger yeah. uh, commercial yeah, buildings. Um, we've had, uh, myself and another pilot, we uh, uh, put the drone up um, at an alarm I was dispatched. We checked all exterior <laughs> doors, couldn't find any entry, and just figured, why not? We have the equipment here. Let's check the exterior on the roof. Yeah. Um, 
didn't notice anything of note, uh, but it's another tool that we can use to even just go to the uh, regular calls for service that mm -hmm. you wouldn't normally think of um, getting into. Yeah, I mean, it sounds simplistic, uh, your point about the, the burglar alarm. I was on one the other day in Central Avenue City, and the, the burglar is on the second floor. You know, we found a break on the second second floor window. You know, just to, like you said, I didn't even think about it. You know, it would have been great to have technology come down and just sweep the, the neighboring garage. It was an area concerned for us. Uh, they had the, the bad guy would have had a tactical advantage on us and you know just throw a drone across that would have been you know, gave us a little more secure feeling so I, I i love the idea that you're out there using it just for officer safety and, and taking care of your fellow deputies with that technology so what's on your what's on your wish list guys uh you got the sheriff and uh and it's got to make a public declaration here and say i agree with that so what, what's your dream uh so uh currently um equipment wise we are limited to um the weather and redundancy of, of equipment. Uh, we currently have uh, assigned four, uh, four drones that have the ability for some thermal um, and just regular vision, uh, but what it lacks is uh, the weather capability mm -hmm. part of it. So we have redundancy in those. Our weather capable drones, uh, we only have one of them and uh, only one operational camera that is uh, working in the weather side of it. Right. Um, so the increase in, in redundancy side would, would help us out and also give us multiple different vantage points whenever situations dictate. Um, we are currently limited to um, where the unit operators are coming from, what equipment they have currently with them. Uh, sometimes with people being off and having uh, equipment spread out throughout the county or even in a centralized location. Sometimes it takes a de little delay getting us all together. So, um, you know, as a special teams, uh, we've kind of cobbled together some of the equipment. And, uh, um, you know, we've been, anytime we've asked for something, for the most part, we're able to get what we need. But to be able to centralize it and uh, more of a command post uh, vehicle, some kind of a response right. to have a centralized location. That's a great um, idea. I think that would also increase our mobility tremendously. Um, we noticed in the past few months here that um, that, that was kind of a limiting factor. We, we're good when we set up and create like a base camp, if you will, of our operations. But if that location needs to change very quickly uh, due to whatever incident we're following or if we're working in tandem with SWAT and we're trying to follow them from, uh, you know, one structure to another we're a little bit limited in not having that that vehicle ready to go with all of our equipment gotcha. that for that quick relocation capability yeah and it's all about timing sometimes right i mean you, you think of a, a missing kid in this weather that we're you know enjoying here in rochester today you know 30 degrees out snow uh time is of the essence you know and getting that technology up in the air as quick as possible you know, so what, what's changed over the years? Uh, you know, everybody dreamed back in the day of, of having helicopters, right? So, and I think we'll always need those, uh, especially to move personnel. It's tough to do with your drones. I know you're working on the technology right now, right? So we can move a move a SWAT guy from point A to point B. Uh, Amazon's going to do it pretty soon, I hear. The <laughs> deliver your package, but you know, so just share with us. I mean, how's this replace or how's this interact with with uh, with manned aircraft that we use in law enforcement all the time? You know, in particular, the state police helicopter that supports us. Sometimes a couple times a week here in Monroe County. 
It, it's a challenge because um, there's lots of FAA rule and regulation that comes into play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had the opportunity, though, to actually deploy when the state police have been in the area. And what we've realized is we just need to establish maximum ceiling operations, okay. basically meaning uh, we will only ascend to 150 feet and the state police will operate, you know, three, 400 feet above ground level and, and higher. So it's the communication that's required to be able to have those joint proximity operations uh, which is something we also experienced working with RPD just down here in the city of Rochester is needing to establish um, limits of advance, if you will, mm-hmm. um, so that we kept into our own sectors of, of airspace to avoid any potential, yeah. you know, in, in air. I'd rather not have a blue on blue drone. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of incidents uh, of using um, multi-jurisdictional uh, drones in the area. Um, we did it on one job where it was just interagency mm-hmm. of three craft being in the air. But when we had um, state police, Rochester City Police, and ourselves up in the air, we had to establish those limits of who's going to fly where mm-hmm. so that we could make sure that any uh, any height distances we weren't impacting them. And we also established you know, our flight paths of if you're going to be coming back, please come back from the south side or the north side. or You know, it's just interagency working together and and proactive communication you know thinking about what could occur in in, in identifying that and sharing it and authenticating that with the other people because it's an error that we really can't afford uh literally these drones are expensive uh, but the more reasons than that and, and you guys keep on mentioning the faa we have you know almost downtown rochester is the the rochester airport you know it's definitely in our area of operations out in chile and gates and and uh, in particular when we're working in the city you know so just a bit more about the faa restrictions of, of you know flying around airports and, and what you got to do to deconflict de- with not only other law enforcement aircraft, but the, you know, 737s coming in. Um, we have a lot of pre-flight work that needs to be done prior to putting up, uh, especially in downtown or the close areas around the airport. Um, we actually have to let them know we're putting up and get approval for right. it. Um, and then there's uh, other things, other considerations such as, uh, research prior to of any obstruction, stuff like that. Um, checking uh, sectional charts, uh, approved, FAA-approved weather uh, sites and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's there's front-end work to do. Yeah, a lot of deconfliction there. I mean, nothing like a, a, a drone going by your 737 when you're coming in for <laughs> final approach, right? <laughs> I'm sure the FAA will be ringing my phone. You know, so it's, it's, I'm sure you have, over the years of experience, that's, that's – uh, I wouldn't say simple. I mean, there's a lot of, like you said, front-end work. But is that a phone call away? Is that the, is that a, a filling out of a form to get FAA approval and faxing it in? Or right, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it can be done, uh, you know, online. Yeah. You know, through their through their website. Okay. Um, and and we will have to call uh, the tower, you know, at the airport just to let them know. So you're doing um, that also. At, yeah, at okay. times. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, if we're in, within that uh, C airspace, Class C airspace. Yep. Which is the city of Rochester and the uh, close areas around the the city, yeah, we'll we'll need that. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. Wendy, as uh, I told you, thirty minutes to go by quick. Anything you want to share before we uh, start heading towards the wrap up of this program? No, I think we talked about you know the goal. What what's the vision for the future? The biggest thing is um, you know that I think we would all like is for every supervisor, every deputy to be the first thing on their mind. Yeah. Anytime they're calling K9, they should also be calling for a drone because we've been training, working a lot with K9, and it really is a tool that with the technology that we have available, 
there's no reason for us not to be able to go out there, make their job safer, right. and, and make, you know, resolve the whole incident with, with much less risk to, to officer safety. Yeah, and it's one of our goals of this podcast is, is not only does the community listen and find out who's behind the badge and who we are and what we do, but uh, other deputies learning more about their sheriff's office, you know, or other PDs learning. I know the sheriff's office had, had that capability. And, you know, as this is our 31, 31st episode, it's been amazing how much feedback I get from a Fairport PD officer or someone else. Like, I didn't realize you guys did that, whatever that is. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we've shared a little bit more on uh, this podcast, MCSO Drone Unit. Uh, really appreciate you deputies what you're doing i really appreciate uh, when do you uh you know push this envelope and don't ever stop uh you can talk to your ultimate boss chief mike fowler and ask him a million times uh, how many times i mentioned where's the drones to him or to her uh it uh, doesn't matter what deputies on scene as, as wendy just said people should be thinking about calling these call, calling for it. all we could do is deny it right all we can do is <laughs> say no uh but if you don't ask uh so you guys uh new to the program you've never been here before i think uh right no one's been on you familiar with the no Miranda zone? Heard about this yet? Where no, I ask a bunch no. of questions, you know, Miranda, you have a right to remain silent. Here you don't have that. It's no Miranda zone. So when I ask you a question, you got to answer it, or it's called insubordination. Uh, so, uh, okay. And it's kind of like that psychology test. First thing that pops in your mind when I ask you this question, and we'll just have a good time. But, uh, you know, if, Wendy, if you're going to hashtag Matt, what, what would you hashtag him as? What, what, if it's going to be a hashtag on social media. Pelican tech guy. <laughs> Does he like his pelican cases? Is that where that comes from? Well, we're looking for a mascot, and uh, we've, we've kicked around the idea of seagulls. Um, um, we can't use uh, we can't use a certain bird for another reason, but uh, we've kicked around falcon. But I've falcon? also thought I've also thought maybe pelican because due to the amount of pelican cases that we have containing all of our equipment. That's a good so one. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, hashtag Pelican for me, apparently. Captain Hackman Pelican. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, how about Chris? Wendy, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to hashtag him. Man, I got a couple already, Chris. Oh. Chris is going to be hashtag go-to. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yep. Mr. Go-to. Reliability. Always uh, there, always willing. Definitely makes my job easier. Looking Thank for you. work. Always looking for work. I like that Thank attitude. You. That's good. So you get to return fire now. If we, like, you both can team uh, up on Wendy if you want. <laughs> We're going to hashtag her. For, for Wendy, I would say she's a relentless worker. Oh, my God, yeah. And gets stuff done. Oh, my God, yeah. So I was just ironically, I'm picking up a picture of it that I had taken my first day. That's your that's your artwork there. I don't know if you know that. I remember that. Yeah, that was your artwork. I remember taking those. She also takes a mean photograph. <laughs> Made the sheriff tuck his shirt in because it had wrinkles in it. <laughs> No, she's flying drones. Hey, uh, let's just go around the table. If you had uh, unlimited resources, unlimited vacation time, where would you? Where would your adventure be? Where would you go to anywhere in the world to take that adventure vacation? Um, I don't have a location set, uh, but currently it'd be just anywhere I could get to out of uh, out of having to uh, deal with the everyday, but just taking my family and probably going someplace and doing something where the cell phone doesn't work. Something that's <laughs> off the beaten path. Amen. I like it. Wendy? Uh, you nailed it. Any place that uh, there's no cell phone service, yeah. preferably halfway up the side of a mountain, there no cell phone, that uh, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of the same way, too. Uh, my, my, selection, my selection would be uh, a beach uh, somewhere near Myrtle Beach. Okay. Probably make south side or, or uh, uh, somewhere around the, the beach in Myrtle. I can see you there. Yeah, it's good. It's good Margarita. Stuff. Could be. Maybe. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good answer. Or You're two. on duty. Or two. <laughs> and you're on duty. 
Well, folks, we wanted to share uh, our drone unit and the fantastic people that are really pushing this technology and what it's doing to keep our community safe. Uh, really appreciate you guys, like I said, and, and don't ever stop pushing this uh, this, this envelope. Uh, it's a great resource that we have, and uh, I'd like to become the leader in the community of this technology. I'd like to be the call, go-to folks for this. So, And that's a challenge because we got some great people right next door that are great at it, And but I, I, I love challenges. It keeps us on our toes. So, folks, I hope you appreciate these deputies. I hope you appreciate Monroe County Sheriff's Department drone unit, and uh, this wraps up the next episode of Behind the Badge. Great having uh, some time with you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.